Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. We've got lots of news in the last 24 hours regarding Indiana football as uh, they have let go of offensive coordinator Kevin Johns and tight ends coach uh, James Patton, I wish them all the best. Uh, they were very uh, great to talk to. Uh, they had terrific careers at Indiana. And IU uh, announced uh, staff changes this morning in hiring offensive coordinator Mike DeBoard. Uh, he was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee last the last two seasons. And uh, – Wide receiver and passing game uh, wide receiver coach and and passing game coordinator uh, Grant Hurd, who had that position previously at Ole Miss and had worked with Tom Allen in the past. So we'll have our reactions. T.J. Inman is joining us right now. We'll have Matt Weaver from Peaks dot com to talk uh, the impact of these moves on recruiting uh, and, and what what uh, how it'll affect IU football going forward. Uh, TJ, it's been a week since uh, our last podcast, and a lot has happened. Uh, however, we're not in in an airport this week, so uh, how are you doing? But yeah, you know, welcome, uh, welcome back to Indiana. It's uh, gotten nice and cold for you. Uh, I I am doing very well, and I think that Indiana football is doing pretty well. Also, I, I you know, it's impossible to accurately determine how these things are going to play out, but just on paper, um, I, I think that these hires make a lot of sense, and, and I think that uh, there, there's enough there that, that really has me excited. I've done as much research on uh, on Mike board as, as I could the past uh, couple of days, um, and I, I'm pretty excited about this. I know that Fan reaction overall is is mixed, and I understand that. I think there are are some valid reasons to be, you know, a tad bit skeptical. I get that, but uh, I think overall the pluses to this far outweigh any potential minuses. Uh, and I I think Tom hey. Allen has assembled a, a pretty nice nice staff offensively. That again, we don't can't say for sure that oh yeah, it's gonna gonna be great. But I think that there is a potential for it to to work pretty well and, and do so early. I don't think that there's going to be a massive transition here, which for me is a big positive. Yeah, and you know I, I'll get to the fan reaction in, in a second, and I, I have some issues with the fan reaction. Um, I, I do love interacting with fans, but just a word of <laughs> advice when when you're trying to get into an argument with somebody and, and, you know, they ask, who would you rather hire? Have somebody in mind. 
Um, you know, back your, your claims up. If, if you, you, you have every right to, to not like this hire based on several factors, but, you know, when, when you're coming at, at somebody with, oh, I, I just want somebody younger, well, give me an idea. Uh, you know, who, who did you want? Uh, you know, throw some names out there. I, I love having those discussions. I, when, when people can do it intelligently and, and back it up instead of just, you know, throwing it out there, oh, um, you know, we want somebody younger. But the, the upside sure. to uh, these two hirings, they're guys who have who have proven themselves. Uh, Mike DeBoard is, has won a national title at Michigan as offensive coordinator uh, in 1997, yep. back in the day when they shared national titles. Um, so, but, to, you know, he uh, – Tennessee's and offense that, that is fourth in the SEC. Yeah, that was not an offense overloaded with with NFL players. Uh, they did have no, some good Brian players. Greasy, uh, Brian Gracie, High um, Street, uh, Anthony Thomas was a uh, a uh, freshman at that time. So he, while on that team, he was not a huge factor on it. They relied on on a, a couple of other running backs ahead of him. Uh, but, it, you know, it was not just a, an absolute piece that all he had to do was, you know, not screw it up. Um, he gets some credit for that. And uh, and then yep. he, when he went back to Michigan, he, I, Tom Brady has given him credit for helping him develop as a quarterback. And, you know, say what you want well, about that. Guy, I, I, well, you know, I, I'm not Now gonna, I don't like, as a Jets fan, now that, that I don't like him anymore. <laughs> I think there are others just, that have had far more to do with Tom Brady's development than Mike DeBoard, but still, he he was there for that as well. I think there are enough names there on the resume that he's helped succeed. And uh, really what, what I think people need to understand, they hear Tennessee fans kind of pleased, I will say, or some of them are – just absolutely thrilled that that Mike DeBoard is moving on and that they might get somebody like Mark Helfrich or basically a, a someone new. Tennessee fans and, and all passionate fan bases, IU basketball is this way as well. I'm not throwing Tennessee fans under the bus here. Well, no, I, I that that's true, but I, I'm – when when you're a passionate fan base with a storage program that isn't where you want it to be and hasn't been for a while, uh, there is there's desperation there and there's this we we aren't what we should be. And so Tennessee fans I think did not like Mike DeBoard when he was hired because he had not been an offensive coordinator for a while, uh, and they, they saw him as just an old guy that wasn't going to be fresh, wasn't going to be new, was not going to be exciting. They didn't like it. And so when the offenses turned out to be actually very good, like two of the best offenses Tennessee has ever had, uh, and, and really one of the top three or four offenses in the SEC in the past two years and this past season, the second best in the SEC, uh, and then really the only reason Tennessee even won nine games they were reluctant to give him any credit because they'd already made up their minds that, you know, the program's not where it needs to be. Everything about it isn't good enough for us right now. 
we are Tennessee, we we can do better. So they're reluctant to give him credit because people don't like to admit, maybe I was wrong about my first impression on this guy. Uh, and I, I, I think that that's a large reason that Tennessee fan base did not give Mike DeBoer the credit for for what he's done. I browsed through a lot of Tennessee uh, fan sites, which are appear to be very well put together and appears like there are you know, passionate fans that for the most part were pretty civil about things and their discussions with each other. And there were some on there that, you know, just put the numbers as far as what Mike DeBoer's offense has accomplished to Tennessee. They just put the numbers down and some of the things that they did, some of the games they had. Um, and it, it, they speak for themselves. They really do. And it, it's in, in terms of a, of a scheme, uh, I think the best, way that I've seen it described is a power spread, uh, which uh, a large reason for that is Butch Jones does not like the term spread offense. He thinks that uh, doesn't really sound as, I think he uh, has a certain negative connotation to it. Um, They ran the ball quite a bit, uh, but it it was a good balance of offense, a very explosive offense, an efficient offense. and the, and the and power it, it, spread, TJ, is kind of what Indiana has run the last couple of years and was successful with with Tevin right. Coleman and Jordan Howard, where they use that run to set up the pass um, right. and all that stuff. And, and you mentioned the stats, and um, there are a lot of great stats for it. The biggest one, and to me the, the biggest issue I use offense had this year was the red zone. Uh, where they ranked 126, Tennessee ranked 33rd in the country in that. And if IU, you know, could have ranked uh, even in the top 80 or 50, um, they could have won eight or nine games. And, and you know, people, I, I think maybe some of these negative reactions came from that Kevin Wilson was is now going to take over the offensive coordinator job at Ohio State. Um, and that's kind of a thorn in the side for IU fans. Uh, and then you, you bring in an older uh, guy who, you know, some people say he's not going to have the energy uh, and things yeah. like that. So it was, you know, maybe it was a combination of, of those things. It wasn't the mo- it, it was surprising to me. I, I was texting with it came out uh, of Matt Weaver. Matt Weaver at the time, and I, and I was outside, and, and just, you know, it, it popped up on Bleacher Report, and I texted him, whoa. Uh, it, it did come out of left field. There were other candidates who uh, I thought maybe had the inner track, um, but I, I really do think it's a good hire. He has great pedigree. Uh, he's an Indiana guy. He's from Muncie. Uh, he, he coached at Ball State in the 80s. Uh, you know he's won a national title. He's he's coached in the NFL. There's you know it, we'll, we'll tell how successful it is a year from now. Uh, you know whether or not yeah. this team gets back to a bowl, uh, whether or not they they break through. Uh, as, as Tom Allen has, has used that word a number of times to describe what next season should be for IU is, is to break through. So we'll see. But uh, another hire, TJ. Uh, that was announced today was Grant Hurd. It's something we've uh, been hearing for for weeks. Uh, it, it came out uh, a little bit before the bowl game. But Grant Hurd, he, he's the wide receiver coach at Ole Miss. He coached Laquan Treadwell, uh, Dante Moncrief, guys who who 
IU fans should be familiar with, either because the, uh, Moncrief with the Colts or Laquan Treadwell was just a really, really good receiver. So he he's going to be the passing game coordinator and the wide receivers coach. So if you, he's, he's uh, a younger guy, um, younger than uh, DeBode, but, you know, I, I really think that this has um, – you know the staff now has an SEC feel to it, uh, which is always good. They're they're widely considered the best conference in the country, and you know we'll see where it goes from here. What what are your thoughts on Grant Hurd? I I think that we initially when we when we first heard about this potential uh, a couple weeks ago with Grant Hurd leaving the Ole Miss staff, um, you know kind of kind of connecting the dots. He worked with Tom Allen when Allen was at Ole Miss and, it, and you know, the, it, the rumors made sense. Uh, it, it seemed very likely to us that, Oh, Sean Watson is you know, moving to quarterback's coach and, and maybe him and, and Grant Hurd are going to be kind of co-OCs. And, you know, I think we were, we were fine with that, uh, with that line of thinking. And then, then you get, Mike DeBoard, and, and I think now it all kind of fits into place where Grant Hurd, uh, a younger guy that um, has played a big role in recruiting, um, he has been listed on some different, uh, and I, I don't know how accurate these things are because I don't know how you gauge it exactly, but um, lists of, you know, top college football young recruiters and things like that. Grant Hurd has been, has been mentioned on some of those lists, top young SEC assistants. He's been listed on some of those. Uh, as kind of an up and coming guy that uh, has, has playing experience. You know, he played, uh, I don't think he had any in-game NFL experience, but he was on some NFL rosters for preseasons and he played, uh, played some different professional leagues and played for Ole Miss, uh, had a good career for them um, as a receiver and, uh, he's a guy that you know. Ole Miss, their their passing game has been a real strength for them under Hugh Freeze, and he coached with Hugh Freeze during uh, a lot of different stops uh, that they had, and they had a lot of success. He's been an offensive coordinator uh, in the past, as a or at least a passing game coordinator in the past, and has always led good passing attacks. And then Sean Watson, uh, you know, a, a guy that was on Indiana staff. We'll talk about him in a minute. But again, uh, an experienced guy with head coaching experience, with a lot of a lot of years in a lot of different systems, and a, just a seasoned guy. Um, and I think what you have now with these three, and I'll kind of link them together since they're all more or less starting at the same time. You've got two very, well, all three of them are very experienced, but. Two, they're incredibly experienced at very high levels of football um, with DeBoard and Watson as kind of, you know, guys that Tom Allen as a first-year head coach can sort of hand the offense to seasoned hands and say, and Tom Allen mentioned this in, in a press release that Indiana sent out, kind of, I can give these guys the offense it's theirs. They can be the head coach of the offense. Tom Allen will still have input. It's his program. Uh, he'll still have input. And he'll still have a philosophy and a way that he wants to do things. And it'll be the the assistant's job 
you know, DeBoard and Watson and, and Hurd and all of them, McCullough and everybody, it'll be their job to line up what's on the field with that vision. Uh, but he'll be able to hand it off and say, I'm going to focus primarily on the defense. I trust you guys with the offense. And if he goes out and hires, you know, I, I don't know any other names of guys. As you said, you know, if you want somebody else and you're not happy with this, suggest suggest who else you want. I don't know anybody else, and I'm happy with the hire. Throw out a name. Yeah, I mean, if you just go out and hire a young guy that you're not sure whether or not he can handle it, like if you just uh, – let's say that uh, – there's a, it's going to distract a, a you from, coach. from coaching the defense. Sure. Yeah, let's it, say it's the opposite that, of what Wilson did with, with Tom Allen. He brought in Tom Allen to be the defensive head coach, and it seems that Tom Allen has taken that and reversed it where uh, Mike DeBoard is the offensive head coach. Fair. You were on the offense. This is what I want. Um, make, you know, make it work. I trust you. You've done it before. You've won a national title. You know, what yeah. What do I need to do to help you? Uh, and now we can focus on defense and, and take care of things. Um, TJ, I want to get to recruiting. We're going to bring in Matt uh, Matt Weaver from Peaks right now to to ask about the impact of recruiting. Uh, Matt, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good. Excellent. Yeah, doing doing well. Uh, better, than, Matt, better than the basketball program at the moment. I know you were – uh, you were active on Twitter, and Peaks, uh, Peaks had a lot of stuff about basketball. You guys, every listener should check out uh, Rap Johnson, Mike Pegram, analyzing uh, the current state of things, and a lot of people uh, freaking out, I understand. But, Matt, um, with the uh, these hires, just in terms of recruiting, uh, we'll get to that. But I want to ask you about personnel that's current as it fits with Mike DeBoard's system. Uh, and the big one that jumps out is that quarterback position. Uh, Tennessee, obviously with Josh Dobbs, ran quite a bit of inside zone read type things, a lot of, uh, a lot of RPOs uh, with run-pass option stuff. Uh, and, and that fits Josh Dobbs' skill set. Now, DeBoard has run offenses that haven't utilized dual-threat quarterbacks, but obviously Richard Lego not uh, a particularly a dual-threat guy, and his performance in the bowl game and, you know, a lot of games in 2016 certainly was the door open for someone else to step in and maybe take that starting job. What do you think this new offense under Mike DeBoard kind of says for Richard Lego's immediate future and then the same for Austin King and Peyton Ramsey? Well, like you said, at Tennessee, he had a, a dual-threat guy in Dobbs. You know, when he coached, obviously a little while, but when he coached at, at Michigan, um, you know, he had more pocket guys. I think he coached Greasy and Brady. And obviously football, college football was, was a little bit different back then. I, I don't think it I don't think it means that it eliminates um, Lego, and I don't think it should. I mean, Lego struggled this year. Um, you know, you, he can't play like that next year. But in my opinion, at least right now, he gives Indiana the best chance of success because he's the only guy that's taken a snap in a college football game on that roster other than Danny Cameron, and those were a few snaps at the end of Penn State. But when you look at Ramsey and King, who are, to me are the most logical guys to play if it's not Lego, they have absolutely no experience other than on the practice field. 
you know, to me, the, the key for Indiana staff, the offensive staff this spring is let's get Richard Lego fixed. There's a lot of talent there. He did do a lot of good things, but he did quite a few bad things too. And, you know, to me, a lot of the things are not really physical. It's stuff you can work with them on, reading the defense, mental things, things that you can, I think, are probably not easier to fix, but you can't change a guy physically. He is what he is. Mentally, you can work on him, sharpen him up. So, to me, that should be – I would think that would be their number one objective. And I think the board's offense, I think it, obviously he can he can adjust it to the quarterback. I mean, ideally it would be nice if you had a quarterback that could run and throw because it's so hard to defend. I mean, we've seen that in these bowl games. These guys who can do both are just impossible to defend. Um, but if Lego is your best option, then you try to tweak the offense or kind of adjust it to his strengths, and hopefully you can eliminate some of these mistakes. I think getting some of the person, personnel back at skill position – and if you can get a healthy cameo on Patrick, that will immensely help the running game. Um, offensive line, you, you know, you kind of see what happens there with Feeney leaving um, and Camille. I'm guessing it won't be back. So you're going to have to, you know, fill, fill in a couple guys there. But if they can get some of these skill guys back, I think Lego, you can still win with Lego. But obviously, like you said, you got to get them fixed because you can't have the three and four interception games. You can't have what you had in the bowl game because it's just going to be too hard to win. You're you're just never going to get past six wins if you can even get to that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree on the, the Lego thing. Um, you know, he is your most experienced quarterback, and, and he does have the tools. He's shown – look, you know, he did set the single-game uh, passing record uh, for, for Indiana. He also threw five interceptions that game, but, you know, this isn't – a guy who can't throw the ball, you know, 10 yards uh, at a time. So, Matt, the next question is, how is this going to impact recruiting? Is this, you know, what, you know, Patton uh, and Kevin Johns had recruited their guys uh, in this class. Is there anybody who's going to follow them on their way out? Is there there players that IU should be concerned about losing? Uh, and is their recruiting philosophy going to change under these two uh, under these three new coaches? Well, as far as the current class, I mean, Kevin Johns, at least at the two positions he coached, had no commits. There's no quarterback commits, no wide receiver commits. Um, so you're, there's nobody that you're that they can lose, obviously, at those positions. Now, as far as guys he was recruiting, you know, the, the you know they're, they were still working on uh, Tyler Lytle. I, I don't know what that means for with him. I'm guessing, I mean, it was, it was kind of a long shot anyways. I, I don't know if this means it's completely over. But it, you wonder – now, Sean Watson, after he was named quarterback coach, went with Tom Allen and Kevin Johns out to California to see Braxton Burmeister and Lytle. So there is some of a relationship. He's been on the staff all season. I'm sure when those guys came in for visits, he got to spend time with them, even though obviously he wasn't in a coaching role. But still, the majority, the strength of the relationship was with, you know, Kevin Wilson and Kevin Johns. Both of those guys are now gone. Does that mean it's over? I don't know. I, I would say it's – it's probably still even more of a long shot. Um, to me, Burmeister's probably done because that was more of a Kevin Wilson guy. Lytle, there may be a, a sliver of hope. Um, with Patton, you have the two tight end commits, uh, Peyton Hendershot and Kurt Raftel. With them being in-state guys, I, I think you're you're probably feeling pretty decent about them. Um, you know, neither one, um, I believe, has taken their official visit. I know Kurt Raftel hasn't. Um, so, you know, you still, and even if Hendershot has, and I, I don't believe he has, but I can't remember, you can still get him down for unofficial visits during the season. I think my guess is they'll both will stick. 
Um, but you're probably going to have to, you know, DeBoard, who's a tight ends coach, is probably going to have to meet with him, talk with him, tell him about his offense and what he sees them doing, and kind of reassure them that Indiana is still the right place. Um, going forward, as far as recruiting philosophy, I mean, I you know, I think you're going to – at quarterback, I think they're probably going to try to look for guys who maybe could, are a little bit more dual threat. Um, you know, not necessarily like a Trey Roberson, but a guy who can extend the play, a Peyton Ramsey type as far as an athlete. Um, I'm excited to see what the recruiting looks like under these guys. These are experienced coach. I heard you guys talking before I came on. Um, a lot of experience. Grant Hurd's a very good recruiter. Um, he's recruited great receivers at Old Miss. Um, Sean Watson has been part of some really good recruiting classes at Louisville and other places. And then DeBoard has a ton of experience at big-time programs. So as far as recruiting, um, not not a knock on Patton or Kevin Johns, but I, I, I don't think recruiting is going to slip at all, and I think you could even see an uptick, especially at the quarterback position. Matt, that's one another thing I want to talk about. Indiana is recruiting under Kevin Wilson. Uh, did raise the talent level a little bit, but you know they're still sitting at 12th in the Big Ten. They're right now last in the Big Ten East, uh, behind Rutgers and Maryland, uh, and then of course uh, you're behind Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State. Is this something that fans need to be concerned about uh, going forward if they want to compete with? Uh, you know, teams like Maryland, Illinois, uh, Rutgers, Purdue, uh, and stay ahead of those teams. And then, you'll, of course, you have the coaching change in, in Minnesota that could affect their recruiting rankings too. But, you know, what can IU do to, you know, level the playing field with these teams they should be uh, highly competitive with? Well, for me, for those I, – I look more – when I look at recruiting rankings, I mean, yeah, I look at the Big Ten and where they're, they're slotted there, but I look at national. I mean, if Indiana is 12th in the Big Ten and, and they're fifth, let's just say they're 50th for argument's sake in the country and the 11th team is 48th, that's not a big difference. If they're, the 11th team is like 35th, that's kind of a difference. So to me, it's how they kind of fall in nationally. I mean, the difference between the 12th team in the Big Ten and recruiting rankings and the 6th team can be literally a matter of one or two players. I mean, that one or two guys who have bumped those guys up. I mean, it could literally be that that insignificant. So I don't – to me, that's not as much of a deal. If, if Indiana's down in the 70s in recruiting, then that's a concern. If you're recruiting in the top 40 or 50, and, and obviously the goal is to get even higher than that. I mean, I, I thought this was the class for possibly they could get in the top 35. Um, you know, they some things happen to them with the coaching change. Obviously, at the end of the season, it's, you know, kind of – Recruiting is not in a standstill, but it's obviously kind of changed it a little bit. Um, I still think it's a solid class. I, I'm not – when I like I said, when I look at the rankings, I don't look as much at the Big Ten. I look more at where Indiana is, is coming in nationally and who they're recruiting against for players. There's still some really good guys out there. I mean, I took the Wap Follier, um, the kid from Tampa Plant yesterday. He's coming in, not this weekend, but the first weekend after the dead period. He's really high on Indiana. You know, Jalen Adams is coming in that weekend. You still got Bobby Roundtree. There's a lot of good players still out there to get. And I, this recruiting class to me is, is going to be a solid class. If it's top 50, that to me is a pretty good class. I, yeah, I right now, I believe about... Go ahead, Go ahead Sammy. CJ. Okay, yeah, I, I want to say ask that they're about... right. Go ahead. I was going to ask you about uh, the – and this is kind of irrelevant, and it kind of works out for Indiana now that they didn't have 
any really offensive skill position players uh, for this class, and I think you'd ideally like to have uh, a quarterback in the class, a running back, and and uh, a wide receiver. Uh, while they are still you know, pretty stocked at those skill positions, uh, it, it gets dicey after um, after a year or two on the depth chart. So, I mean, I know that uh, they have a, a kid from Alabama you just mentioned, um, a running back wide receiver combo that like, like 5'10", 170, that has been very productive, um, that not offered by a ton of big schools, but he's going to visit. Uh, and they, they've, you know, you mentioned the quarterbacks that, that they've been looking at. So for for 20s, for this class here, I would anticipate another, what, six, seven commits. Uh, how many do you think they'd like to get uh, on the offensive side of things since the majority of this class is uh, right now a defensive class? Well, I think you'd like to get a quarterback if you can. My feeling on that is, um, take somebody that you really want. I mean, yeah. the, the developmental guys are great, but you got at some point you, you can't keep kind of just throwing stuff up in the wind and hoping that it, it you know that it works out. You you know if it's somebody you really really like, you feel good about, then take them. If not, I would you know you got this new staff. I would go all in on 2018. Obviously, you got you're a little bit uh, under pressure there to get a guy, but I would rather do that than than take a guy because really at this point in quarterback recruiting. Most of the guys are gone. I mean, quarterback yeah. recruiting basically ends around spring, maybe June or July. They they just commit early because a lot of them are mid-year guys or, you know, most like, you know, fall recruiting, most schools only take one guy. So those guys jump on spots early. Um, so a quarterback, I think you want to get a running back. Um, and I know they're looking for more of a speed top guy. Jalen Adams, the one you mentioned from Alabama, fits definitely fits that. Now, he's not super big. He's kind of a Devontae Williams-type build. Um, but watching his highlights, I mean, he's really fast, really quick, good athlete. And then you want to probably get one to two receivers if you can. You lost two, and you're going to have a number of upperclassmen next year, like you mentioned, and you kind of need to recruit down the road. You just can't think about next season. you got to think about 18 and 19 as well when you're putting together a class. So that's – I would say I would say quite honestly, I could see a, four guys on offense, and then on defense you're looking for – Basically, Bobby Roundtree is their number one guy that they have left, and then they want to probably get another corner or two if they can. Yeah. Matt, last question on this. Um, how does this make you feel about the future of Indiana football? Uh, there, there's been a lot of uh, talk from fans, uh, reaction from fans that they did not like this hire, um, that you know, uh, the board did not – excite them all that much that he was basically on his way out uh, into retirement before taking the Tennessee job. It, do you feel like this program is in, in good hands? Yes. I, I, to me, the only negative you, in my opinion, I can see on the board uh, just from looking at, and I haven't followed, I didn't watch Tennessee a ton this year and stats can be skewed. They had the second best offense in the SEC. I think they set school records for points scored and touchdowns scored. I could be wrong on that. They were 24th nationally in scoring. Um, yep, he's correct. got a ton of experience. The negative, the only negative I can find is age. But I heard you guys like I, before I came on talking. He, I think he can be a guy that say he's on staff for two or three years. Um, I think to me, it seems to me this is not any inside info. Just my gut telling me. I think Grant Hurd is kind of like the yeah. next in line to be the O coordinator. 
He's been an O coordinator at now was at Lambooth at NAIA level, which is obviously not this level, but the offense was very good. Passing game coordinator at Arkansas State and worked under some very good offenses at Old Miss. I think the next step for him is to be an O coordinator. This passing game coordinator title kind of helps him kind of get into that role, and then in a couple years, whether it's two years, three years, whatever it may be, he's the guy that takes over. And he's got two experienced guys to lean on. Sean Watson has coordinated a lot of offenses and coordinated a lot of good offenses, and so has Mike DeBoer. To me, this is a very good setup. I, I mean, uh, at Indiana, would you love to go get Chip Kelly? Well, yeah, who wouldn't? But let's be honest, that's not going to happen in Indiana. This is, this is for Indiana, for what Tom Allen's done, I think he's made two really good hires, and I think Sean Watson being on the staff kind of fell in his lap. But it's it, that's a really good quarterback. I mean, he's developed Teddy Bridgewater. He's developed a lot of guys. He developed Taylor Martinez at, at Nebraska, and that guy was a good college quarterback. If you can get that kind of play from your quarterback, you're going to be pretty good offensively at Indiana yeah. the next few years. I think it's I think they're all solid additions, and I'm excited to see what the offense is going to look like going forward. Yeah, Matt, I had one yep. one more question before you go. So we lied to you. Um, as far as the you know Grant Hurd passing game coordinator. So that, I mean that that particular title, uh, kind of leaves you to think. Well, then, is there such thing as a quote-unquote running coordinator? And and no, there's not. But uh, with with the history that that the board has, uh, utilizing the running game, and, and Tennessee's running game was very good this season. Uh, they had some very good tailbacks, and and they they ran the ball very efficiently. Uh, he did the same when he was at Michigan. Um, and then Dylan McCullough, a very good running back coach that I'm thrilled I use as retaining uh, and able to keep. So uh, kind of the, the state of the running game in terms of personnel uh, and in terms of, of the, the coaches that they have kind of heading the running game, which the overall offense is going to be under the board, but it, it seems like maybe he's going to be slightly more focused on the running game than he is the, the passing game, at least in terms of title. So just in terms of personnel and in terms of coaching, uh, do you think Indiana's running game can rebound from what was a disappointing 2016? Yeah, and I and, and I don't know if he still has his title. I know at one point Greg Fry had the title of run game coordinator. I'm not sure if he still has that title. But between him and McCullough, right. those to me are kind of your running game coordinators. I mean, obviously the O-line coach and the running back coach are heavily involved in the run game. And all the coaches will be on offense. But those are the guys, and, and, and I, I have no reason. The, the running game obviously was inconsistent this year. To me it was a couple of things. You lose Dan Feeney for four and a half weeks. You lose Demetri Camille for basically the entire season. Those are two. Dan Feeney's going to be a really high draft pick. Demetri Camille, I think, will, has a chance to play at that level. And if he doesn't get hurt, he probably gets drafted. Um, yeah. You know, and I th- that really contributes. To it. I'm not making excuses, but it's it's the case. I mean, they were at one point down to like their fourth, fifth string right tackle. That's tough to do. I think the O line will be better next year. You're not going to have a Dan Feeney, but I think across the board it'll be a, a better O line because you'll have some more experienced guys, guys who got that experience this year, kind of trial by fire. And then to me, what the biggest key to me is a healthy Camion Patrick. I know I've said it before. He's kind of like you know the Loch Ness monster. You hear the stories, but nobody's really ever seen it. Um, yeah. I've, the people I've talked to and I trust, this is a legit stud. This is a guy who can be a game changer, a Tevin Coleman, Jordan Howard type. You just got to keep him healthy. Hopefully he can. He deserves a year of staying healthy and, and some good fortune. And if that happens, I think you're going to have a guy who runs for 1,500, 1,600 yards next year, and I think the running game is going to be fine. 
Hudson and yeah, Cole Guest as well returning, uh, and I, I I was impressed by Cole Guest, and I think the running game really missed uh, really missed how hard he hit the holes as well. But uh, so it's a I mean we can we can say it's a definite that Camion Patrick. The plan is for Camion Patrick to play running back in 2017. Yeah, Tom Allen said that it was one of his last press conferences or one of his press conferences before they left for the bowl game. Somebody asked about that, and he said he has talked to Camion, and they're both in the same, the same, um, agreement that he should be at running back. And he said he will for sure be at running back. I agree with you about Cole yep. Guest. I really thought Cole Guest had a chance to be outside of Camion Patrick, maybe their best. And I, I no disrespect to Divine Redding, but I thought he had a chance maybe to be their best running back this year because of that speed element that you mentioned. The only problem he had was sometimes he was a little over-anxious hitting the hole, but patience yeah. is something you can teach a guy. You can't teach a guy to have that kind of burst through the hole like Cole Guest has, and I think he's going to be a real weapon next year and the years going forward, and him getting the red shirt this year was it was, was kind of a blessing because he did get to play a little bit, but then he got the red shirt, so he's still got four years. I think he's going to be a terrific player, and then they got some depth there with Majette and Devontae Williams, so... Um, I, I like it, but it starts up front. The O-line, you know, if you can keep those guys healthy and get them as a cohesive unit, um, I think the running game will be fine. Yep. Awesome. Thank well, you, man. Thanks we really for your appreciate input, it. Matt. Yep, thanks for coming on with us, Matt, and uh, we'll talk soon again about recruiting with signing day uh, about a month away, uh, almost exactly a month away. Um, so thanks for your time, Matt. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. You too. All right, that that was Matt Weaver from Pigs.com. Does a great job uh, covering IU yeah. football recruiting uh, and the team as well. Um, so we appreciate him coming on and, and talking uh, about IU football and the coaching changes. Uh, TJ, final thoughts on uh, these coaching changes. It, you know, you got to forget about the Kevin Wilson to Ohio State a little bit. I think that was a bitter pill for IU fans to swallow, especially the way – he left um, yeah. Left might not be the right word, uh, but the way uh, him and IU parted ways and then to see Ohio State, a program like Ohio State, uh, scoop him up so quickly after, you know, their season. And it had been rumored a couple weeks before that, that Wilson was interviewing for that job uh, and things like that. And uh, I do want to give credit to – uh, Crimson Quarry uh, for coming out with that story um, early in the morning yesterday that Wilson would become the OC at Ohio State. So th- they do a good job as well. Um, and Bruce Feldman uh, later on broke it and did not give them credit. So I, I do want to give credit to Crimson Shocker. Quarry. Um, you-, you know, they they had a great line, and, and we're a lot like Crimson Quarry. We're not um, – we're not professionals um, like Bruce Feldman, but um, they said Feldman felt, you know, you know, you're, you're a pro guy who got beat out by a couple, uh, a couple of schmoes. Um, I forgot the, the term they actually use, but uh, it, it's, it's synonymous with schmoes. Uh, and so I, I do want to give them credit. So shout out to, to those guys at Crimson Quarry Um all that, but I, it's a bitter pill to swallow to see him go to Ohio State. It's it's great for the Buckeyes, uh, good for Kevin Wilson. We knew he was going to get a job somewhere at some time, um, yeah. but you know I, I hate to see him at Ohio State because IU plays them every single year. But in the long yeah. run, it shouldn't uh, be that much of an issue. 
uh, Indiana has more important things to focus on than uh, than Ohio State at the moment. Uh, you have recruiting, getting to that seventh and eighth win, and then uh, you know you could start. Uh, they, they've competed on the field score wise, but then you could could start more consistently competing off the field and recruiting and, and things like that with Ohio State. Uh, but I, I think these moves are good moves. I think the coaching staff is as talented as it's ever been at Indiana. Um, these guys, I, I mean, just look at their resumes. You, you've heard Matt talk about it. You've heard TJ talk about it. These guys' resumes speak for themselves, and yep. their accolades speak for themselves, and their accomplishments um, are terrific as well. So, you know, my message to, to Hoosier fans, Give these guys a chance. Um, we'll we'll see, you know, if they they come out next year and average 15 points a game and finish last in the Big Ten, then obviously it was, something went wrong. But right now, I think you hired a, a very good offensive coordinator uh, from Tennessee, a, a great receivers coach, and then you have Sean Watson uh, as a quarterback coach um, now full time. Uh, you know he he did wonders with Teddy Bridgewater and, and has coached some some terrific offenses as well. So I think the offenses will be in good hands. I, you know I think Tom Allen trusts these guys to make the best decisions for the program, so he can focus on his defense. Uh, and, and right now, um, you know going forward, we're, we're 239 days away from kickoff, so we'll see. Excited about spring ball. Excited to see what tweaks this offense makes. Uh, but you know, I, I don't have a pro. I don't have the problems that that some IU fans have had with uh, with the hiring of Mike DeBoard. Uh, TJ, what are your final thoughts? Well, I, I agree with with what you're saying as far as the overall coaching staff. Uh, and for me, it, it comes down to, like you mentioned, you can't compare. Oh well, now Kevin Wilson's not running the offense. Well, that wasn't going to be the case. He was let go. Uh, so really, your for me, it's a would you rather have had? And these are the the two most realistic scenarios: either you keep Kevin Johns and James Patton, or you have Grant Hurd and Mike DeBoard and Sean Watson. So which scenario would you prefer? And for me, it's a very clear answer. I would rather have the second scenario of what we currently have now, which is DeVord and Sean Watson and Grant Hurd on staff. Uh, again, we can't sit here and say, oh, this is going to be such a huge success and Indiana's going to win nine games because – the defense is going to be, you know, even better than it was last year with all the returning personnel and and uh, the returning coaches there, and, and then the the offense is going to rebound and, and be at a top forty level. Um, we don't know that. We don't know. Uh, there's potential there for for that kind of thing to occur, uh, and and I like that. I just think from a purely logical standpoint, from a purely look at the resumes, look what they've accomplished, and look how kind of their their areas where they have recruited in the past fits in with what Indiana uh, wants to emphasize, which is the South plus, you know, in-state right here, plus, you know, kind of Ohio and Michigan. 
Uh, and it, in Texas, it I mean, really it makes, seems it, that they're, it they've been sense. going into Texas a lot. Yeah, and Texas, but yeah, and it, um, it makes but it makes all well, it makes sense from the experience standpoint. Uh, a good mix of experience there, and I think um, on paper it all makes sense, uh, and that's all we can go on right now. So uh, until we see things on the field, you can just go with what what you see on paper, and I like what I see on paper, and I, I like the general. Uh, the general feeling of momentum that has been generated uh, just from these from these changes, uh, I, I believe. What I'm hearing is that the players are, are very positive with with kind of how this transition. I, I'm not saying that they love that Kevin Wilson was fired. I, I'm sure that a couple of them did, but I think they generally like Kevin Wilson. But I know for sure uh, that they definitely like Tom Allen. They like this coaching staff. Uh, players at Tennessee really liked Mike DeBoer. His players at Michigan liked them a lot. Uh, the same as Grant Hurd from Ole Miss. Did you guys, the players liked yep. and respected, and the results were good. So I'm excited for it. And, um, yeah, the next step now is round out this recruiting class and then uh, get the spring ball and, and get to work ball. on making this new season. Yep. Well, that does it for today's show. TJ, thanks for coming on short notice. Uh, and hosting the show with me. It's always great talking IU football with you. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore football. Come back to HoosierHuddle.com. Uh, often we, we have content throughout the off offseason, um, almost oh, yeah. daily, and uh, we'll have more reaction uh, from these uh, hire, hires in the coming weeks. Uh, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and uh, we'll talk later. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing 
Broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 